Welcome to episode five of Early Stoppage. This is your host, Derek Moody, and on today's episode, I had the privilege of speaking to LFA middleweight contender, Brendan Allen Allen. And we spoke about his upcoming LFA 43 fight against Larry Crow, the pressures of being a young headliner, and what it takes to get to the UFC. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Joining me now is the current LFA middleweight contender, Brendan Allen Allen. Welcome to Early Stoppage. What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing good. I like to start the show off by getting to know the person behind the fighter. So I like to kick it off with some random questions, and then we work our way into MMA. So what's your favorite sport aside from mixed martial arts? I guess I'd have to go with football on that one. Football? Did you grow up playing football? Yeah, I played football until I got into jiu-jitsu, and then I started you know, doing jiu-jitsu and just stop playing football. Okay, what position did you play? Uh, fullback and defensive end. What's your current obsession? Wanting to go home and see my family. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you have a favorite movie? No, I watch all kinds of movies. I like, you know, all kinds of movies, like old movies, you know, uh, Every Which Way But Loose, you know, Friday, Next Friday, all those movies. I like a little bit of everything. What's the worst injury you've ever suffered? Uh, broken nose and probably broken thumb joints. Name something you can't live without. Food. <laughs> Name something that annoys you. My wife nagging. <laughs> How long have you been married? Uh, we've been married a year and we've been together for over six years. Name something you're proud of. Uh, my little niece. Uh, man, she's just a blessing. She's very smart. She she does a lot of things that I couldn't do at that age, and uh, it's just good to see her grow. What's the last book you read? Uh, either The Outsiders or Where the Red Friend Grows, one of those two. Favorite place to eat? To eat? Oh, man, I have tons of those at home. Uh, chimes at home or <laughs> later, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so chimes are... Uh, we got a couple other like Italian places that are pretty good at home too. Now, if you weren't a mixed martial artist, what would you be? Probably either a police officer or still in college doing something. <laughs> Going for I don't even know, man. <laughs> uh, what was the first martial art discipline you studied? Uh, I did Taekwondo for like a year, and then uh, Jiu-Jitsu was my first real one. Uh, what was the first mixed martial arts event you ever saw? Oh, a local show at home uh, in a skating rink. It was so bad, but it was cool to see everyone, you know. Do you remember who was fighting? Uh, one of my good friends, Kurt Hollibo, was fighting. He was the main event, and he ended up winning. How did you get into martial arts? Uh, my brother went to a new high school, and one of his friends asked him to go to jiu-jitsu, so... Uh, we went and tried it, and history ever since. How old were you when you started training? 13 years old, man. And you're what, 22 right now, or 23? 22. I just turned, well, I turned 22 in December, so I turned 23 this December. Now, have you always trained at Rufus? No, I came here 
Um, I've been here. This is my fourth camp, I believe. Yeah, this is my fourth camp. Okay, where'd you train at before you um, went up to Rufus Sport? I trained at a local gym, and then I did much um, minis. Okay. Now, when you decided to branch out and look for one of the bigger gyms to train at, what made you pick Rufus Sport? The coaches were amazing here. Just tried it out, and I liked it. And plus, all the training partners, you know, they're very knowledgeable, very good to train with. And so I just fell in love with, uh, you know, all the people and the coaches. Now, how's your training camp going at the moment? It's going pretty well, man. I'm getting to train with all these beasts up here. You know, we got Paul Felder right up here, Jared Gordon, um, Jared Mearshart, Mike Biggie Rhodes. You know, the list goes on and on, man. It's uh, It's been great. You know, I've got a week left, week and a half left here. Make the most of it. How's your uh, training structured at the moment? How many days are you sparring? Hard sparring is once a day or one, one time a week. But we spar a total two times standing up, sometimes three, and then jujitsu, a lot of rolling. How many days are you training out of the week? Six. Six days a week, two to three times a day. Now, this is your fourth time up at uh, Rufus Sport. Now, you're one of the more popular uh, camps. Do you feel any added pressure because they've had many champions come out of there? No, man, I was feeling pressure for all my – especially for my last fight, but for this fight, I'm just going to get back to what I used to do and have fun and uh, let loose. Now, when you prepare for your opponents, do you, watch any, uh, do you watch any fight tape on them or do you let your coaches take care of that? Uh, sometimes I, I don't watch tape, you know, for some of the fights I haven't, but uh, here recently, you know, Duke Preach is watching, watching uh, our opponents, so I've studied them a little bit. You know, I've seen them just because I've, we fought similar opponents and stuff like that, or I was going to fight similar opponents to him. To him, and um, so yeah, I've, I've seen him a lot. I've seen him in the uh, with the organization a lot as well. So I didn't really have to watch time to know about him. You know, I already knew about him. Now, last Friday was a big day for Rufus Sport as your team went three and zero with uh, you know Jordan Griffin and Nate Jennerman getting first round submissions and Bilal Muhammad getting a very dominant unanimous decision win. Uh, were you involved at all in helping them with their camps? Uh, I got here towards the end of their camp, so honestly, no, I don't think I was a part of any of that. Um, I got here when they had, like, about two weeks left. So uh, most of them were just finishing up and uh, sharpening up some tools, cutting the weight. So, no, I don't think I was. Okay. How's the atmosphere at the gym? Is it is it extremely competitive there? Is there anyone there that, like, there's been rumors, not, not at your gym, but at other gyms, like when people would say there would be, like, bullies in the gym like Hector Lombard, some people have thrown that name out there at different gyms. Is there anyone like that up there? Yeah, they, there is. You know, they got this guy, Paul Felder, they trained here to just <laughs> everyone's ass. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's real family-oriented, man. Uh, when it's training time, we get down to business and uh, beat each other up, learn together, grow together. And uh, when it's not sparring time and it's not training, we're all hanging out together, you know, doing our thing. It's just a big family, and when it's time to go to business, we go to work. Okay. Now you mentioned Paul Felder. Is he helping you out a lot with your camp? Yeah, man. We're helping each other out a lot. Um, he's fighting James Vick, who's more similar, um, you know, height and length-wise. So I get to help him out a lot there with a training partner and similar looks and things like that. And uh, he gets to help me out with an aggressive, really well, well, uh, well-rounded guy. So.
Well, that's good because I know his last fight was scratched and he's been waiting to get back in there and all the fans are waiting to see him fight. And because he wasn't ranked, they, they screwed him out of that fight and gave it to Al. But uh, so it's good. He's got Vic, which will, you know, if he gets a win over Vic, he's right back in it. Because I think Vic is, he's in the top 10, I believe. Or just hey, outside. 11? Number 11. He's, he's, he's right. number 11. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be huge for Paul. Now, on June 22nd, LFA 43, you'll be headlining your second straight event. You know, you, you've headlined, I think, four out of your last six events. Is, is there any pressure that you're always, you know, headlining? Man, I've headlined, what, three shows. Eric Anders, uh, my last show with Anthony, uh, and this will be my third main event. Um, I've co-headlined, co I think, a couple, too. But man, I'm just ready to go out there and get my first main event win for this organization. You know, they put so much belief into me. Um, I've kind of, you know, messed up on my part for sure. You know, it's all on me. My losses for sure are on me, nobody else. And so I'm just going to go out there and let loose, man. I'm sick of uh, going out there and not, not performing, you know. Uh, when I go out there to fight this time, my friends and family, win or lose, are going to know I fought my ass off. So. Okay, good. Now, now you turned pro in August of 2015, and you fought 11 times since. Now, Larry Crow, your upcoming opponent, has only fought twice since you turned pro. Do you think your active experience in the cage will play a factor in this fight? No, I just think I'm just going to be better than him everywhere. I don't think he's fought a guy like me. You know, we fought similar opponents. You know, the same guy beat me and him, but, you know, I still feel I'm better. You know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any question of that after the fight is either what weaknesses do you think he has or do you see in his game everything <laughs> <laughs> now both times you fought for the vacant lfa middleweight title you came up short and your opponent either went on to the ufc or to the contender series now with the win against larry crow do you think they'll put you in another position to fight for that belt to get back in a position to go to the ufc um I'm just going to do my part, man. I'm not going to ask for it no more. If they feel my, my performance rates that, then that's great. You know, other than that, I just signed with Sucker Punch, and um, I'm going to let them do, do their, their job, what I pay them for. I'm going to do mine, man. I'm going to beat the brakes off of him and uh, see what happens after that. I'm not going to keep looking ahead. My goal is the UFC, but um, whatever comes, comes. Other than that, I'm just going to keep beating people up. They keep putting them in my way, and I'm going to keep knocking them down. Okay. Now, this is going to be uh, – I don't know if you've ever been asked this question before. Now, you have 11 fights under your belt, and someone who else trains in your camp, Phil Brooks, CM Punk, had zero fights under his belt, and his notoriety got him into the UFC. Did you feel any type of way when, when you first found that out, or were you just happy that he got in? And Well, that happened before I came to the gym. So, you know, of course, you know, it sucks to – um, guys that have no experience get the fight like that. But at the end of the day, it's a business. He brings in a lot of viewers, and he makes them money. So, you know, and when I got to train here, I get to meet him and talk to him and speak with him and, you know, train with him. It's uh, He's not that kind of big-headed guy that you would think. He's just he, – this is just something he loves to do. And, you know, he got that opportunity, and who wouldn't take advantage of it? So, you know, at, you know after getting to know him, it's uh, – it's just I'm more excited for him than anything. And uh, I'm friends with Mike as well, that he's his opponent. But, you know, this is my teammate, and we train together. And, you know, obviously I have to follow my teammate, uh, CM Punk. How do you think he's going to do against Mike? Man, I think everyone's going to be surprised. You know, the, the cage can change you. 
and it can change anyone. So if he goes out there and fights like he trains, everyone's going to be very surprised in the guy they see. But obviously anything can happen. Yeah, I think it's been about two years since his uh, debut. So everyone's really curious about how, you know, his, his progression has come along. And really only you guys know, the people who train with him. So that's a big question mark for all of us. But uh, I think this time the, the playing field's a bit more level. I think he was kind of thrown to the wolves when they gave him Mickey Gall the first time around. Yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, the kid was more experienced and things like that. And, you know, he had never been in there before, so he didn't know, like, how to take the fight as far as how to control his aggression and things like that, which Mickey had obviously that experience. So I think this time around is going to be different. Um, and I think everyone's going to be surprised. Like I said, I, I definitely feel that the man's put him at work, a lot of work. He's trained his butt off. He's learned a lot of new things. And I don't know, man, his game's a lot different. So I hope everyone gets to see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure all eyes will be on it because everybody's curious about that. Now, how did you get the nickname All In? Does that have something to do with your finishing rate? Is, that, is it an old high school story? Or? Man, we were sitting just training one day, and um, one of my friends, Ben Pico, was giving out nicknames to everyone that he thought was fitting or that sounded cool and things like that. And um, they got to me, and he, he pulled that one out, and I was like, huh, I kind of like that. And it just stuck from there. Everyone just started going with that for when I fought. Okay. You said Aaron Pico gave you that nickname? Ben Pico. He's, oh, Ben he's a, Pico. Yeah, he's a black belt in, in jiu-jitsu down south who I started training with, man. He's a really good kid, and he's a good coach, man. What belt are you right now? Are you purple belt? Uh, brown. Your brown belt. Okay. And you started, you started training jiu-jitsu when you were 13? Yeah, man, I've been doing jiu-jitsu. I, I stopped doing gi for a while. It just um, got very political at home where I was at. I left my first gym I trained at due to just a lot of different things that were done to me that I didn't like. So I switched gyms and um, just stopped doing gi because uh, my friend who I was, who I actually got my brown belt under, um, he left and opened up his own gym and went under Tim Crater. And just a lot of things happened. And uh, I just fell out of love with it, basically. And uh, I came to Rufus Sports and started training under uh, Daniel Wanderlei, and it changed everything, man. Um, I'm back. Like, I love doing gi again. I'm now under Carlson Gracie Jr. system under Daniel Wanderlei, and uh, I love it, man. I've, I've regained my love for gi and training, and, you know, it's, it's great. I, I'm, I'm just happy to be where I'm at and learning and being at a great camp like I am. Yeah, it sounds like everything's in, a, in the right place. Everything sounds positive. Um, especially going into this fight at LFA 43. Now, uh, what's your prediction on this fight if you had to make it? And if I have to make it, I'm going to either tap him or knock him out by the end of the second, for sure. I can't tell you it's going to be in the first if he slips up, but for sure by the end of the second, he will be out of there or something. Well, hey, man, I'm glad we finally got you on the show. I know you uh, just got out of training. Now, how can fans stay up to date with you on social media? Man, they can follow me at uh, Brendan Allen MMA on Twitter, B underscore Allen 185 on Instagram, Brendan Allen, Brendan Allen Allen on uh, Facebook. I, I stay on there every now and then during camps. Uh, I'm not too active. You know, I'm always training two or three times a day. So my apologies for that. But uh, that's where everyone can find me at for sure. Well, hey, Brendan, I appreciate you being on the show. And best of luck on June 22nd. Look forward to that fight at LFA 43. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
Hey, thank you. Have a good one. Okay, that's it. That wraps up today's episode with Brendan All-In Allen. Until next time, peace.